Wrap keywords to personas and user journeys with Michael King from iPoolRank. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Michael, what's your number one SEO tip for 2022? My number one SEO tip from 2022 is one, um, SEO has not changed dramatically in the last seven years. And so considering where Google is going, which has changed, um, they're going more of a like, hyper-personalized route. And so the way that you account for that in SEO is by mapping keywords to personas and then also mapping those to user journeys. So you can create that hyper-personalized content at the various stages that they are going to, the user will be in as they go through their process. So how many personas should a typical business have? Uh, depends. It depends on what the data says. It depends on how many business units they have. It depends on, you know, who they're ultimately trying to target. Uh, typically, for a given business unit, we might do like three to four. But again, it just depends on what the data says. Because if they're saying like, oh, we want to target, you know, different populations based on um, ethnicity, as, as an example, then you're going to need a variety of personas. But if you're trying to target them based on specific needs, then you may not need as many. So it's, it's really dependent on the business goals and what the data tells you. So how does that work then if you've got multiple personas and mm-hmm. you've got keywords which are quite similar across different personas? Um, would you not then want to be trying to rank the same page there? And if so, how do you deal with multiple personas on the same page? Sure. So again, that's something that depends as well. And it also depends on the query. And so a given user type may have a different need from the same keyword. And so that's something that we see like as people's searches evolve. And, you know, you can get this data directly from Google itself if you're looking at uh, the people also ask. And so if you start with like a given query and then you see what the people also ask says and you click on the next one and you'll see how that journey kind of evolves. And that can be a specific user need for a specific user type. Right. And so to that end, you may have to create multiple pages for the same query. And my whole point here is 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 where Google is heading is they have. They're getting very close to having that capability of saying like, okay, well, you love video games, but you only love Nintendo. You don't love PlayStation. So why am I showing you results for PlayStation when you Google video game? And I think in the future, that's what's going to happen. You're going to have like hyper-personalized results based on your user context and your user need and what you've been showcasing to Google over time, right? There's something that they have called affinity segments. You can see this in your GA. You can target against them in paid ads. They also have uh, in-market segments where it's like, hey, it looks like you're buying a car based on your activity across Google. So what I'm saying is we're thinking about the future of SEO. I truly believe that in the next like five to 10 years, we're going to see this take place. And the way to account for it is to already be thinking about content in this matrix way, not just like aiming for the middle for a given keyword like we always do. It's like, okay, you're searching for iPhone. Let's just give you all the information possible about iPhone. Well, perhaps someone's searching for, you know, cell phone and Google knows like, okay, you can't afford an iPhone based on what they know about the things you look at and so on. And all those results are going to be related to Android and probably would be that anyway, because it's a Google product. But nevertheless, like there is going to be the ability for them to account for your attitudes, interests, interests and opinions. And so you're going to have to create multiple pages targeting the same query so that you can capture different parts of your um 
your target market. But I think what people do right now is instead they just have one page that they're trying to speak to multiple parts of the market, which doesn't work as well because you don't necessarily know they're going to land on that section. And so if they read that first blurb and there's no like uh, quick link down to that area, they may think like, oh, this is not necessarily what I'm looking for. And they may leave the page. So, you know, I'm just saying that ultimately Google's just going to get more specific and you're going to have to think about it again in this matrix way where you're creating content that speaks to very specific personas in the same way that we make landing pages for paid media that speaks to a very specific type of messaging that you want to align with when you're targeting uh, people in like Facebook as an example. So you mentioned landing pages there a couple of times. I can certainly understand that from a landing page perspective, um, Mm. kind of optimizing for micro keyword phrases um, targeting specific personas. But what about further into the buyer journey um, where the sequence that people go through is a little bit more standard? Is it possible then to target multiple personas on the the core purchase funnel that you might have? Sure, absolutely. But again, even there, there may be opportunities to add that nuance, to have that message match up with that specific person. So as an example, let's say, you know, you're in a coming off the top of my head with this. Uh, let's say you're selling dresses, right? And so there's like maternity dresses. There's, um, you know, a, a dress for a little kid or what have you, right? And so if you have messaging that speaks to maternity all throughout that funnel, that user is going to be like, okay, this business understands me all the way through the funnel. And it, and it creates more opportunities to delight them, right? Um, or you could just continue to aim for the middle. And then they're just like, cool, this isn't any different from me just buying on Amazon. Why don't I just go to Amazon? So I think that there's a lot of nuances that we need to think of more than just like, oh, how does this align just with the keyword that we're targeting? How do we make it so that user knows they're in the right place? They're with the business that um, you know, is looking to specifically connect with them so they can be delighted through the whole process. And so it's kind of like combining SEO with CRO or combining mm-hmm. SEO with branding or what have you. But, you know, it's, it's more than just like, okay, how do I get someone to land on this page? Cause they typed in this pretty broad keyword. Okay. Okay. And do you try and create, um, more conventional onsite SEO throughout these pages, developing things like topic clusters to actually, um, build authority for a certain group of keywords? phrases? Yeah, absolutely. So that those mechanics don't change. And that's what I'm saying when I'm saying, you know, SEO hasn't changed meaningfully in seven years. Like Mm -hmm. the mechanics of how you build a page and uh, target it to a given set of keywords like that is pretty dialed in. We all know how to do it at this point. Building topic clusters. Yes, of course, you want to do that in such a way where you're looking for, you know, what are the keywords that that go with your target keyword? Right. Like, again, if we're talking about, you know, maternity dresses, there's going to be a, a series of topics around that. You want to make sure you have content about and then you have your internal links across. So you're clarifying to Google like, hey, we know what we're talking about. We have what you expect for this topic. And then also the whole like idea of like co-occurrence and things like that. Make sure you're accounting for all that as well. But again, I think that's going to become more complex in the future, right? Like I think in fact, it may be more complex than our tools are presenting it as. Like if you think about, you know, many of the tools that you put in a keyword, they look at the top 20 results, they look for the co-occurring entities and, and phrases and so on. And they're like, yeah, use this phrase more, use this phrase less and so on. I think realistically, you know, Google is probably already looking across 
search phrases to determine that rather than just looking at it in like a linear way where it's like, okay, let's look at these top 20 about this one keyword to make these determinations. So, you know, I think everything you're saying with respect to the topical clusters is absolutely uh, pertinent here, but I think it, it's more complex than we actually think it is. Okay, okay. And I would presume you'd also advocate uh, designing your content style based upon persona as well. So if you've decided that your persona is more likely to resonate with video or shorter content versus long, longer content, then the whole length of the content is based upon the persona and nothing to do with search engines. So I think I don't I don't want to like divorce these two things. When I when I'm talking about personas, a lot of people start thinking about like sticky notes and, you know, someone being like, oh, I think our persona is 18 to 24 and they're Gen Z and they start saying all that stuff. Cool. If that's the way you think about it, that's fine. What I'm talking about is you know, a segment of your user base that you're trying to target, which needs to be represented by data, right? And so when I say persona, I also think of Googlebot as a persona, right? And I don't think any of these personas should overpower any other persona. I think we need to be thinking about the considerations of Googlebot. We need to be thinking about the considerations of any given audience that we're talking about. And those all have to be requirements for how we build our content out. So that's not to say that, you know, okay, because I'm thinking about personas, we don't put a bunch of copy on the page. We still need copy on the page, but we still have to understand like, okay, if someone, uh, if, if the, the shorter form copy resonates with this target audience, cool. How do we use more expandable divs or, or accordions or whatever on these pages so that, you know, it, it appears to them to be uh, a sparse experience, but if they want more information, they click the open and so on. So there's a lot of ways to, solve these problems all i'm saying is that there's a series of constraints that you need to be mindful of in order to achieve the the uh, maximum goal here right like if we want search traffic if we want people to convert if we want multiple audiences to be targeted we need to think about all those things as we're creating that content and you also talk about overriding it with data. Now, the challenge with going for really long tail keyword phrases is that um, there's not a lot of data out there in terms of um, the likely search volume you're going to get. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at keyword research tools, um, there's probably not going to be any search volume in there. Also, partly because you're looking at fairly progressive keyword phrases that people are maybe saying for the first time. If you mm -hmm. look at places like People Also Ask, then yeah, you can get some great uh, phrases there, but it's hard to determine how many people search that. So as an SEO, how do you actually justify targeting for phrases that you can actually, can't actually say how many people are searching for? Sure. So there's two things here. One, um, back in 2011, there was a tool it's called Trendistic, and what it did is you could put in a, a, a query and it would show you how that query was trending across Twitter. And what I had done around that time is I compared it to Google Trends, and there was like almost a one-to-one -one, um, trend you know, between the two things. So that's not to say that you know, just because it's trending on Twitter means it's going to trend on search, but there's a high likelihood that it might. So what I would say is, one, if you're seeing a query that's like a breakout query, a new query, throw it into your social channels and see how much chatter is around it. And then you can use that as kind of like the proxy for how much organic search traffic you might have. And beyond that, it's a good idea to just test it using paid media channels, right? Like throw it in to, um, you know, AdWords or 
Google ads these days and just do a test on a landing page to see like how much traffic does it get? Uh, is this converting traffic? Make some determinations there before you, you know, move forward. And beyond that, I mean, you know, it, in, in some cases, it's just a leap of faith because even if you're getting that data from a keyword research tool, even if it is Google ads, keyword planner or whatever, it's still not going to give you a true depiction of the exact number of people that are searching for it anyway. So at some point you got to say like, Hey, I think, you know, based on the data that we have, this is something that our audience wants. And if it's something that just makes sense in the user journey, just make that content anyway. There's going to be value that get that you get out of it from an assisted conversion perspective and a variety of other reasons. So there's no reason not to create that content if you can vet it in other data that you have across your data sets. So what metrics do you look at to measure success of um, these kinds of activities? Um, is it increased organic reach? Is it organic traffic? Is it um, improved conversion rates because you're doing a better job of, of targeting the right persona? Yeah, it's definitely more the conversion rate side of things. Um, it's also increased uh, click-through rate from, you know, from Google, because we're thinking about this as early as your page title and your meta description. And so even if we're not in like the top three, when we make these adjustments in alignment with personas, we see that the CTR increases because we think of like the metadata as the advertising tagline for that page. And so the better that copy aligns with who you're trying to reach, the more likely they click on it. And then ultimately, it's more likely that they actually convert. And we've had clients say to us, like, you know, um, our SEO work has yielded far better conversions than a previous agency or what have you. And it's largely because of that approach. So yeah, it's, it's very much measured in like, how do we see how this impacts the actual business objectives? And again, that should be something that's measured by your conversions. Okay, okay. So if an SEO is hearing what you're saying and thinking, you're right, Michael, I, I just haven't focused on anything like personas. I'm not um, creating bespoke content here. I'm just creating content just for keyword phrases and that's all I'm doing. So I need to spend more time doing this. However, I haven't got much time. What's one thing that an SEO will be typically doing at the moment that's probably not that valuable? They should stop doing now in order to spend more time doing what you suggest. They should stop creating content around content length. You know, there's so many people that are writing writing blog posts like you have to have content that's 1500 words long or it's not going to work like that's the wrong approach. Um, Google is getting far better at aligning content with intent and so on, like I'm talking about here. And some intents require short content. So the better that you align your content with what people actually want, the better it's all going to perform. So rather than sitting around being like, okay, how do I squeeze out 1500 words or 2000 words or 4000 words on this subject? Think about what do these people actually want first? And then that way you can spend more time on doing what's going to be more effective. Absolutely superb advice. You can find Michael King over at ipoolrank.com. Michael, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Thanks for having me. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com.